I'm Anna Webb. Welcome to A Dog's Life. You know that Dog Dental Month is fast approaching. Well, that's why we're about to jump on Zoom to speak to Dr. Nick Thompson, who is going to talk about how he thinks we can keep dogs' teeth in the best nick. Nick Thompson, welcome back to A Dog's Life. Hello, Anna. How are you? Yes, really well. Thank you, Nick. Yes, it's Great. been a busy start to the year. How about you? Uh, yes, it's been absolutely nonstop. Um, it's everybody seems to be catching up for the last three years this year. So lots, lots going on, lots of uh, summits, lots of expos, lots of conferences, presentations. Uh, so a lot of uh, education going on. So uh, very, very exciting. Yes, no, it, it is good because I really think the way forward is education at the moment. One of the things that I notice being out and about, you know, with dogs and their owners and helping them is that there's a remarkable lack of understanding of what a dog actually is. And of course, a lot of confused information as to what a dog should eat, how you should train a dog, but also about things like environmental stressors. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's. It's very interesting. People come to see me to, uh, to for me to give something to their dog to make them better, whether it's homeopathics or herbs or uh, supplements or nutraceuticals, whatever it might be. But uh, in 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 a great number of cases, it's not what I add to the situation; it's what I remove from the dog's life, such such as uh, removing any excess vaccination. I always like to. Uh, remove any uh worming product that they don't need i love using herbal products instead um and i do worm counts as well anna which is where you send off a poo sample from the dog and you see whether the dog has worms that need to be treated at all and this is very very uh, simple also um we are reliably informed by by the pharmaceutical companies that we should be giving uh, pesticides we're putting do uh, pesticides in or on our dogs on a continual basis and and i can't think but that is that must be um unhealthy to have these these potent pesticides um uh, uh, put on as a drop on or in as a either a monthly or a three monthly tablet um because my my logic is if you haven't got fleas or ticks, why would you use a product? So um, why would you use one of the pharmaceutical products? So my job is not only to add new um, elements to the dog's life, but also remove those those elements that might be holding the dog back, might be making them ill in the first place. Yes, yes. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm on your page, Nick. I believe in the mantra: test before you treat. But that mm. also, of course, with um, worms, particularly, I must say, I do the worm count thing too, Nick. And it is so easy. It is so easy. And um, I recommended it to someone on on Saturday, actually. But it's with vaccines, isn't it, as well? Because we don't 
have to annually booster our dogs. Well, depending on who you talk to. Um, yes, the, well, the, yes. The, the leptospir- you know, leptospirosis, the license is for an annual vaccination but it's interesting that they that when they tested the they tested the l2 in about 2005 i think it was and then they t- tested l4 in about 2012 2014 and they only tested the vaccine for a 12 or 13 months so it might be that they the, the, the leptospirosis vaccine, this is the annual one, the rat urine uh, disease, leptospirosis, this is the vaccine for that. Maybe it, it lasts 18 months, two years. They haven't tested. It's a, I'm just trying to think of an analogy. If you only test something for a short time, then that's, you, you have no knowledge of the uh, duration of that thing any, any longer. Um, What's it? I, I'm trying to think of a good a good analogy, Anna. I don't well, know. I, know you... I know what you mean, but with with yeah. the lepto vaccine, yeah. it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because it's uh, one of two of the passive vaccines, isn't it? Rabies being the other passive rather than active vaccine, it's which yeah, yeah, which has uh, a different effect and works differently because it's a killed vaccine rather yes. than a, an alive vaccine yes. on the body. I must say, you know, I I will say this. I've actually never given my dogs a leptospirosis vaccine, you know, because the risk to the benefit for me, I live in a very, well, there's lots of rats in London, obviously, probably more than there is in the countryside. But Mm. you have to ask yourself, why are there so many rats if leptospirosis can actually kill rats? Uh, yeah, uh, I guess the, 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 the thing is that um, if you are a rat and you get leptospirosis, I don't know anything about uh, the, the, the natural history of, of uh, leptospirosis in rats, but they obviously they can last a good time long enough to distribute the, 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 the bug in the environment um, um, before they die. So um, I, I'm with you, though. I don't vaccinate my two i've got bluebell and mouse they're whippet italian greyhound crosses and i'm not vaccinating them for leptospirosis um i i I agree with you that when you look at all the literature i think that the risk of getting leptospirosis is outweighed by the potential risk in my mind from the vaccination so i've chosen not to vaccinate my dogs they did get a parvo when they were young, they got a single parvo when they were about 20 weeks. So I'm not anti-vax, um, but I'm just very keen to bring a rational thought process to the vaccination uh, debate. That's interesting that you used um, a single shot of parvo because, um, yeah, I didn't think you were able to actually get single shot vaccines anymore, you know, because it all, it's all about the, the combo jab. Yeah, you can get Parvo as a single shot, and I get mine from a regular veterinary wholesaler. Uh, you can't get distemper on its own. You can't get adeno- adenovirus, uh, adenovirus 2, hepatitis. You can't get that on its own unless you go to the States. Uh, but you can get Parvo. It's called Parvo C is the one that we use, and um, and I, I use it very infrequently. But if people are uh, have heard my approach to early vaccination, they've sometimes 
uh, email me and uh, we can arrange for a single vaccination. I, I will only do that if I've had a good chat with them so that they know the pros and the cons of full vaccination and the pros and the cons of a minimal vaccination. I think it's informed consent is very, very important in this in this uh, discussion. Yeah, informed consent, you know, because I think oh, that doesn't exist a lot. But, um, I think sometimes, particularly in the veterinary profession, uh, it's been my experience over the years. I think it has got better. You know, I took Mr. Binks up for um, some bloods to be taken only this morning, actually. Mm. And the vet, I've got to say, really good, can't fault him really keen you know he's not being jaded yet I put him at probably 35 enough experience to know and had worked in a lot of it anyway I'm not picking him up for anything but it was actually a pleasurable experience today whereas you know he doesn't mind I feed raw um, and I even said to him I treat with homeopathy and it you know was was okay whereas I'd be banned from a practice for talking about homeopathy in the um, waiting room. Gosh, I'm sorry to hear that, Anna. I no, think it's that, true, though. Can I you believe the, it? In Buckinghamshire, yeah. the best the best medicine is the is a broad a broad approach to medicine, embracing um, you know the best of pharmaceutical rational use of pharmaceutical vaccine ra- rational use of vaccines, if you choose to go down that line. And um, the rational use of herbs and homeopathics and, and nutrition, you know, that's, I think, really, really is the future. Um, it's going to be the very best of all worlds. Some people call it integrated medicine. And I think that's an exciting uh, prospect. Um, and and it, it, it's happening now. You know, I run my practice and there are many people who are running similar practices up and down the country. Not enough, but many practices. But I think what is happening is that conventional vets are learning that that they they don't have all the answers and that if you you know bring somebody with broader knowledge of of these things homeopathics herbs and what have you then you're actually enhancing the practice you're enhancing the scope of the practice the more tools you have in your toolbox the the more cases that you will be able to successfully um um you know uh, get 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 through and back out the door into into real life that and that's what it's all about that's what all vets want happy healthy patients going back out the door that's what it's all about and i think that holistic approaches are are really part of that yeah, I love the way you say tools in the toolbox there, because when I went on my baptism of fire following Molly's diagnosis of uh, suspected bladder cancer, and I did my study, you know, the College of Integrated Veterinary Therapies, which just opened my eyes, you know, like mm. so opened my eyes. It's having so much choice at your fingertips, whereas a rigid conventional practice for me only has painkillers antibiotics surgery and steroids so there's so much more choice and where one herb may work for one dog with different herbs that can be combined you know the scope is so delicious Mm. yeah it's it like I say it's very exciting and I think it stands to reason that if you bring new therapeutics herbs homeopathics and all that stuff but also when you when you branch out into these things looking at nutrition and herbal medicine theory and what have you you actually bring a new 
uh, a new philosophy to bear. And I think that medicine, there's a lot of philosophy in medicine. You know, we are dealing with life and death very often. And I think that to be able to look at, at, at health and disease through a new philosophical paradigm is very, very helpful a non-mechanistic you know okay dog's got this bacterium i'll give it this antibiotic and 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 off we go it's it's looking at at um other paradigms and saying okay this there is there seems to be an overgrowth of this this bacterium why is that there is it because of the diet is it because of the stress is it because of of of, of problems um, in the house i was wanting to talk to you Anna, for, for example about how many chemicals dogs and, and humans come to that they're exposed to in the house i think we should be very very careful about the the kind of cleaner we use for the floor we should be very careful about scented candles i'm i'm not a big fan of scented candles so I'm, I'm quite happy to say Yes. Um, but but dogs... it's interesting, isn't it? If you're if you don't like your scented candles, imagine what your Iggy Whippets think with their superior olfaction. Those scented candles are creating havoc in their. Brain. Oh, absolutely! You know, we've got we've got noses, and we're very very uh, acute and astute. But dogs, I don't know what the figure is. It forty four hundred times more on oh, no, half of their head yeah. is nose, especially for a wig. Uh, whip it the Italian greyhound you know and so um you know uh it at the worst it's going to be slightly uncomfortable for them and at uh, no at best it's slightly uncomfortable and at worst it's going to be actually causing irritation and damage and 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 possibly even inflammation so I think yeah really really be careful and the other thing is there are things like Febreze these days <laughs> that you can just spray on everything and I've had dogs who've had years of discomfort and what have you and then we eventually they they came to me and and, and we looked and said oh a dog gets really itchy when they they lie on the leather sofa what happens on the leather sofa oh yes my <laughs> my 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 boyfriend loves to use Febreze around the house and so I so we said we said right ban the Febreze dog got better it was really as simple as that so all these things are sold to us as being innocuous and I think very often they're not. We were, as dogs and humans, we were designed to cope with the cold, with the wind, with the snow, with the sun, with the lack of food, with lots of exercise. Uh, we were designed to, to cope with fresh air and what have you. We were not designed to be cooped up in boxes, bombarded with dust and chemicals each and every minute of the day so i think it's worth just bearing that in mind um i'm not saying hoover your house five times a day because life is obviously too short for such things but what i am saying is you know get out as much as possible try and minimize the the uh chemicals that you use we actually use at the house here because we've got a septic tank i won't tell you the bit the whole story of the septic tank but we've got a septic tank and therefore we have to be very careful and we we got to the stage where we, we thought we have to put some probiotics down the, the the drains in order to keep the septic tank going and so i found a lovely uh, company called ingenious probiotics and they really are very ingenious and this is what we use as floor cleaners and loo cleaners and um 
soap uh, um, detergent you know for the for the for the for doing the dishes and and what have you and therefore the, the house environment is is cleaner and less full of pharmaceuticals and also the septic tank is <laughs> working much better is these it days. That's yeah so, yeah it is it's that's great so mad i love that no i'm on your page with it all mm. you know i mean i've well i can't cleaners and and i've never used air fresheners i don't like them and i don't like scented candles anyway so that's all fine i've always been using a plant-based cleaner but what i have tried mr binks the reason we went to the vets today he has got a manky tooth and um so we went to obviously do bloods before surgery and have an inspection and, and and all of that yeah so i've funnily enough been using probiotics but but for the mouth. Is that from yes, Joe Flanagan at it is. Ingenious? It okay, is. yeah. Yes. They do sprays. They do sprays yeah. for ears, probiotic sprays for ears. Literally, you put you spray into the ear, uh, or they do, as you've discovered, the one for the mouth, which is really lovely. Uh, I used that because Bluebell was getting a slight brown stain on her incisors. She's four years old. And I used that kind of twice a week for two weeks, and bing, it disappeared. Really? So that was really, really reassuring. Yeah. And Joe also does one for for allergy dogs, itchy dogs, and where you 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 reassert the um, the microbiome, the bacterial microbiome in the skin using this spray, which I think is genius, absolutely brilliant. You know, we do it for our gut. Why shouldn't we do it for our skin? It's it's and, just like you were saying, though, isn't it? It's about your home because you know I learned that your indoor environment can be up to a hundred times more toxic than being outside. I mean, living in London, you know, we're always being you know told about the air pollution and there's more mm. car restrictions because of pollution, and of course, you know, lead, carbon dioxide, nitrogen dioxide you know, is out there because of cars for us in London more than, you know, in the countryside, but a hundred times more in your house. That's ridiculous. So, so yeah. So, so this is where again, though, you see by keeping your house clean using positive bacteria to negate any negative bacteria and create Mm. this balance it works though doesn't it nick in the mouth i mean i'm going to use this dental spray because i'm thinking why not well why not if i if i put it in my dog's mouth i'm going to put it's fine to put in my mouth you know if it isn't then you know and it is i'm sure well, I don't. I I would say, Anna, the thing to do: talk to Joe, talk to Joe Flanagan, and just see because your uh, oral microbiome, as they call it, may be different because oh. we we are omnivores and uh, our dogs are carnivores, and therefore there there will be a different. There may be the same bugs, but it will be a different spectrum. Uh, potentially they'll have interesting you know, no, yeah. Nick, thank you no that is interesting but it is the same principle isn't it so you're keeping your mm. dog's teeth and the home of their teeth in a bacterially balanced environment just like but, you're keeping your own living space in a bacteria. Yeah, very 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 much so this is why i don't like i i haven't used kind of regular fluoride soapy fluffy toothpaste for years and years and years because a because you know fluoride is a is a is an industrial pollutant and i don't want to put it in my mouth i don't let my children do it whenever i'm whenever possible they love colgate but i try and (laughs) dissuade them from using it but also the the um they they use um detergents to make it go all fluffy in your mouth you know mm. and you, you only realize it you take that as, as being normal uh until you use uh, i use 
uh, an Uncle Tom. I'm not being paid by Uncle Tom's, but um, Uncle Tom's fennel toothpaste, which is brilliant. It works really well. It doesn't go fluff, fluff, fluff and become uh, soapy in your mouth. And because it doesn't contain the fluoride, it doesn't have that negative effect on the bacteria in the mouth. But also it um, the soap will disrupt. You know, you've got biofilms galore within your mouth and your gut and your throat and what have you. And these detergents, which we were ne never, you know, humans were never meant to eat, have detergents in their mouth for, you know, twice a day. Um those are not disrupting the the oral microbiome as well and so i think that that's a really healthy thing so i think be careful about what toothpastes you use for your dog and ideally you don't need to use any toothpaste at all because a raw fed dog with having lots of bones and really good tough meaty chews and things like that they will look after their own teeth i've seen 15 year olds with with teeth that would that that, that, that would be good enough for a two-year-old apart from a bit of wear and tear and um that's the way I think we should maintain our dog's teeth. It's, you know, it's dental dental week coming up soon, I think. And yes. unfortunately, you know, we're told to use product X, Y, and Z and have a dental on a regular basis and what have you. But if you feed raw food and you feed bones uh, responsibly, I've done a video actually, Anna, on my website. If you I go saw. to the website. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's called Bones and How to Feed Them. And the, the, the key is, is to get onto a raw food diet. And then uh, there's some guidance there as to how you how you feed bones safely and, and constructively. And uh, you might find that useful. No, it's really good. No, no. I mean, Mr. Binks, I mean, Prudence, my bull terrier, her teeth are amazing. I mean, they've both been raw fed since Brilliant. the get go. But Binks has got leg, leg calves pers. So he's, he's, he's a bit different. You know, he's missing mm. a hip and his teeth have not been good I, I interestingly i rehomed him age two nick mm. and that oh dear he'd had every single vaccine apart from rabies mm. by the age mm -hmm. of two everything the, the two boosters oh the works kennel cough you name it and he'd had by two two dentals already so and he'd had his hip surgery you know mm, so mm. a lot of work his immune system obviously is compromised from the perths mm. and of course this blast very early on of a lot of stuff so it, unfortunately it's one of those things so I've had him now um nine years nearly 11 mm. really and he's only had one dental in that time with me Barbara Jones, who I know you know really well at yes. Oakwood, yeah, yeah, has done. You know, I mean, when she does the dental, she's putting in Arnica and Hypericum at the same time as doing surgery, you know, Nick. Well, mm -hmm. you all understand doing that. Sure. Those are two major pain relief and anti-inflammatory, homeopathic, delicious remedies. But I'll tell you what I'm adding with Mr. Binks. I'd love to know your your feeling on this. Sure. Um, so with bones and everything. Bones, of course, full of calcium and, and it's bioavailable to two dogs. But I take a lot of collagen, actually, because I'm at that age, unfortunately, where I'm wanting to hang on to my youth. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been giving Mr. Binks a collagen. So it's, it's collagen for dogs, which yes. I thought due to his compromised state of having the leg perths and all the rest of it might help his teeth you know because of course collagen is a structural protein isn't it nick it is i think i think um that adding collagen to the diet the, the most benefit is going to be 
the worse your diet is in the first place, the best, the more benefit because collagen, obviously it's, it's, uh, it's essentially it's, it's um, connective tissue. It's what, what keeps your muscles all working together and moving in the same direction. It's what uh, allows your, your bones to attach to, to muscles in order for your skeleton to move. Yeah. So it's collagen. It's integral to the, the, the integrity of the whole body from your hair to your skin to your organs to your musculoskeletal system and i think that the 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 worse your diet the more impact the collagen is going to have so if your guys are they're eating a really pretty good diet and they're eating bony material which has a lot of collagen with it because that's you know collagen attaches to bone i think you might see more effect with you because you're not e- eating bone marrow and and chewing the skin off bones on a regular basis i imagine anna so the, having this collagen to stick in your coffee or in your, your your juice in the morning or whatever you i think the impact is going to be big there because we are not as half as carnivorous as we should be and we don't eat enough liver and 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 kidney and brain and heart and what have you because we're all a bit squeamish in the west but um with dogs i think they're they're going to be a, a a lot further down that line and therefore for me a well-fed raw fed raw fed dog is not going to have as much benefit as a kibble fed dog who for whom the collagen could be absolutely transformatory I think it, it really can. You, do you see what I mean? It oh, depends. I do. The impact yeah, no, of any 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 intervention depends on where you're starting from. Exactly. No, I agree. I agree. And but it, yeah, it's weird. It never ceases to amaze me that I think the figure is still eighty percent of all dogs are eating a very highly refined processed food. Yeah, it is. It 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 is about eighty percent. It's uh, the last figure I saw was uh, Alex German did a paper in. 2018 it was in the vet record and uh he said that 74 percent of dogs in a large thousands and thousands of dogs survey were either overweight or obese and um that was in 2018 we're five years down the line and we've had you know the the the, the pandemic and everyone was indoors and what have you so i reckon that figure now in the uk is more like 80 yeah. percent eight out of ten dogs are obese and you know what eight out of ten dogs eat kibble i think there is a correlation correlation doesn't mean causation but there is a very strong correlation there because if you ate um you know uh chips coated in chips as in uk fatty greasy chips covered coated in sugar every day which is you know essentially a high carb starchy diet if you added that to your diet every day you wouldn't be surprised if you became a lot fatter and that's essentially what we're doing with the kibble we're feeding this you know pretty poor quality meat meal combined with cheap grain or maize or wheat or barley or oats or something like that or sweet potato and then wondering why that has a massively uh, obesogenic effect on our dogs to the tune of 88 out of 10 dogs are overweight or obese it's shocking, isn't it? And of course, you know, something a vet said to me years ago, years ago, when I explained I'd switched, you know, Molly was eating raw. And back then, you know, we're talking 2002. It, yeah. it was very difficult at times, Nick, very, very difficult. You yeah. know, one vet said to me, 
well, why are you feeding her on raw green tripe? Do you know what it is? He said to me, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, look, I might be blonde, but, you know, I do actually know what it is. Anyway, so. Oh, yeah, you can no, know, I'm with but, you. And yeah, you know but what? I was going to say, no, yeah. but can I just say this? Because it yes. relates to teeth. Um, they would say, yeah, but look, your dog's teeth are just going to go really, really awful. You know, kibble cleans a dog's teeth. Doesn't. Of course not. It doesn't. No, <laughs> Explain it, why. <laughs> categorically doesn't. I mean, uh, if if kibble cleaned teeth, then why do some of the manufacturers produce a, a special kibble to clean teeth? Oh. You know? So, so A, why would they produce a, te- a, a teeth cleaning kibble? Uh, and, and secondly, um, the average kibble dog will need a dental every two, three, four years. And the average raw dog, just for maintenance of a mouth, then they may go through an, a lifetime without need for dental surgery whatsoever. Obviously, if they crack a tooth or if they get a rotten tooth root or something, they're going to need specific uh, intervention, just as you and I would. But I, I, for just for maintenance, you know, most dogs who go in for a dental, it's just to clean up the mouth because the food and the chews are not cleaning the teeth as nature intended. Exactly. And I always think, you know, we're lucky we've got fingers, haven't we? And a tongue that can, you know, move sideways. So, mm. you know, you eat a bit of Rivita or something, it will get stuck in your teeth. But we can just, you know, carefully with a tongue, you know, not to do it in a restaurant maybe, but <laughs> we, we can get it out. But dogs can't do that, you know. Mm. So mm. it's extraordinary, you know. But, but when I love it when pet parents want to go, oh, God, I get it. And and there's this huge light bulb moment. And you know then that that dog is going to go on the right path, isn't it, Nick? I think it is. I mean, Anna, the dogs have been uh, uh, eating meat. They, they, they split from felines about 45 million years ago. And therefore, they have been eating without any guidance whatsoever. They've been eating mainly meat-based diet, including hair and fur and eyes and brains and toes and testes and everything, Um, and including some intestinal uh, contents. Um, That's what they've been eating for 45 million years. You know, we came along with kibble in about 1954, and and, and the, the health of dogs has... Um, and food is partly contributory to this whole thing has declined since that time it's it, you know there's a lot more autoimmune disease a lot more obesity a lot more diabetes a lot more um, hypothyroid disease you know other things to me to my mind are contributory the overuse of vaccinations the overuse of pesticides the overuse of of antelmintics when dogs don't need it all of these things create a very toxic environment and also if you're feeding kibble then you're going to get periodontal disease, which is going to drip, drip, drip bacterial toxins into your into your bloodstream, which in humans is correlated with low birth weight babies, with heart disease, with uh, liver disease, kidney disease, uh, autoimmune disease, and what have you. So I think you know keeping your dog's teeth clean with a fabulous diet that they absolutely love and leaves them with sweet, fresh breath every day of their entire lives i can't see a downside to that 
I agree. I agree. And for me, you know, trying to slim a dog as well, that's just mm. fed kibble. I, I don't think you can do it because fat cells create fat cells, don't they, Nick? They secrete enzymes that invade other cells and then those cells become fat. And, and also, of course, the vet said to me this morning, I gave him a treat and he said, oh, it, it's a little bit fatty, that treat. I mean, you know, it didn't matter. Binks only had the one, or, you know, yeah. but I said to him, fat's good for dogs. It's the carbs <laughs> that isn't. Yes, I agree. We were uh, uh, we now know that fats are abs absolutely essential for for cell membrane, for energy, for um, a, a good source of omega three, for an anti inflammatory effect. Um, you know, we are learning that fats. You know, ever since. 40s 50s and so keys came along and said fat is the enemy and if you have too much fat you'll get a heart disease from a human perspective we we all bought that until about year 2000 and since that time we've learned that fats are absolutely essential and if you don't get the right fats you're going to seriously um compromise your health it's interesting and of course dogs well correct me if i'm wrong on this nick mm. can dogs get high cholesterol Cholesterol doesn't seem to be a, a, a an issue per se as it does with dogs. You know, if if you know, and the whole cholesterol that that argument is is slowly slipping away. Methinks because Anna, what happens is, you know, people used to get very upset about eating too many eggs a week, but actually, your liver makes more cholesterol than the average person can eat in a day you know even if they're eating three eggs a day or something so this whole idea that oh cholesterol is the enemy cholesterol is used by the body to kind of patch up damaged tissue so if your body is running in, and there's a lot of inflammation and your blood vessels are being damaged and what have you there's going to be a lot of cholesterol floating about and patching up trying to patch up the blood vessels the problem isn't the cholesterol um, the problem is the fact that you've got this high level of inflammation within your entire body, and that's what causes the cholesterol to be there in the first place. But then you've got you've got low density lipoproteins, you've got uh, very low density lipoproteins. So the whole cholesterol is is quite confused. But suffice it to say, is cholesterol is essential. It's made loads of it. It's made by the body every day, and um, I don't think that eating some cholesterol every day makes an awful lot of difference i think what we need to do is real eat real food and allow that to um help us to be as healthy as possible michael pollan said eat food mainly vegetables not too much and i think that's a pretty good approach as a human the doggy equivalent would be let me see you haven't thought about this but it would be eat food mainly animal product not too much there you go that's me paraphrasing the the wonderful michael pollan american uh food and other things uh writer love that and that is such a lovely way to end with a great deal of food for thought nick food for thought indeed <laughs> <laughs> well thank you it's great to talk to you anna take care thank you hope to see you soon bye-bye show mr binks what did you think 
yes, I know what Nick was saying about probiotics and keeping the bacteria in your mouth all balanced with good bacteria makes a lot of sense. What's that? Yes, you're right. It is time for Woof of the Week. It's interesting that a lot of people have trouble brushing their dog's teeth. But maybe if you think about the right diet and adding probiotics to balance the bad bacteria, we can all keep our dog's teeth in good nick. Well, I hope you all enjoyed it. If you did, go on, rate and review the show wherever you tune into your podcasts. Thanks again, of course, to Dr. Nick. And all the links are in the show notes. Thanks, of course, to Mike Hansen, my producer, for all the music and production as ever. Find out more about him at Pod People UK. And for me, I'm just at Anna Webb Dogs. What's that? You're right, Mr. Binks. We will be in your feed next Sunday. But if you subscribe now, then you'll never miss another show. Bye for now. Bye.